Hello and welcome to another episode of Cafe Booleans. We've got a great show here today with us. We're talking about a bunch of different topics, including video games being more popular in Australia than free-to-air TV, Facebook's name change to Meta and what this future means for developers, and so much more. Now, before we jump into this episode, let's take a quick look at what's been happening in Adelaide and what's up and coming. The first bit of news is that local indie developer Blue Moon has recently released a spooky bite-sized game for Halloween called Lua. Check it out on itch.io, and the link can be found in this podcast description. The second bit is that CDW Studios is partnering with Monkey Stack to host a four-week 2D animation short course. If you're looking for a career in 2D animation, look no further. The course will run throughout January 2022, and Monkey Stack will offer up to 12 animation positions upon course completion. Applications close Wednesday the 15th of December. For more information, please visit cdwstudios.com forward slash monkey stack. Do you know of anything else happening in Adelaide or South Australia? Send us a tweet at Live Booleans Podcast or email us at hello at liveboolians.com. Enjoy. We're live. Hello and welcome everyone to another episode of Cafe Booleans with Costa, John and Susanna. Um, you know, a little story while we were waiting for Costa to let us in the room so we could all join you lovely people. Um, I was checking out uh, Grant Kirkhope's new album. I don't know if you guys have heard it, but he did that. I don't know if it was a random drop, but the Banjo-Kazooie rejiggied album. Mm, oh my God. Rejiggied. Rejiggied. It's so good. Um, it's what on all the mean? platforms. Hey? Oh, I read Jiggy like Jigsaw. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, oh, it makes awesome. more sense when you read it yeah, instead yeah. of hear it. I did the same. Um, but that dropped a couple of days ago. And yeah, it's, uh, I was just, I've been listening to it on the bus and I just had a quick listen. And um, yeah, it's like all the tracks that he wrote back then, but just re revisited and they all have different sort of themes. Um, Click Clockwood is still the favorite, but it's like an 8-bit um, like pixel track now. Rusty Bucket Bay is like heavy metal. Just <laughs> oh, I implore everyone oh, to listen so to this. They're all in different styles then, are they? Uh, not all of them, but like the, like the styles are like, you know, repeated because um, there's 10 tracks on there. But it's, yeah, varying styles. Like it's not like a, in a good way, not a cohesive listen. Like they're, they're, they're different ones um but yeah that's awesome i i do wonder because uh when we were interviewing grant on live bullions he was talking about how he was asked to kind of remix the banjo kazooie stuff for smash bros mm. and how he he was like honored to do that and he did a fantastic job but then here he's done a remix album of it all again so like i wonder is there a certain point where he would get sick of <laughs> like revisiting banjo kazooie or is it just that good that he's like yeah, this will never get old. I, I, th- I think, well, I mean, he's he's got such a healthy outlook on, I think on just, you know, his music in general, but especially this game because like any listener can, you know, hear or anywhere can message him on Twitter and he responds to everyone and he's so nice about it and, you know, like he really doesn't get sick of it as, it's, you know, of other, other, other musicians you hear of. Maybe he's like too, like yeah, that, that is, my life's changed, the world's changed. Like 
Maybe he likes the opportunity to like yeah. revisit this this same idea and like see how it grows or how the you know the world impacts it or him or whatever too. Like that's a pretty cool project if you think of it like that. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I mean, it still gets so much love though. I mean, talking to other people in our local community, other like I, I know I know video game composers in our local community who. Uh, Banjo Kazooie and Grant Kirkhope are their number one inspiration for why they got into music. Mm. So it's like, yeah, it's profound. It's imagine, no small thing. imagine being that that composer who everyone looks up to and uh, you've inspired all these people. Be crazy. Well, it's and funny. Still I think alive. In the composer <laughs> yeah, world, still alive. It, it kind of it, everyone looks up to someone, and then when you actually get into the audio world, everyone looks up to someone else. And what I found talking to a lot of both video game and film composers, all these roads end up at John Williams. <laughs> Everyone just looks up yeah. to John Williams. I wonder what John Williams said if Wait. you ask him. <laughs> How crazy is that? Because that was that was a t- almost totally missed opportunity. I, like I've talked about this before on the podcast, but there's that story that um, what's his face? Uh, I was going to say George Harrison, <laughs> George Lucas. We're talking about music. Um, <laughs> George Lucas wasn't going to go with original music. He's like, I don't want to do that. It's um, he was going to use concert pieces that were already created. And I don't know if it was one person or a lot of people around him who were like, no, like, are you insane? Like create your own stuff. So think of all this stuff that wouldn't have been invented after that point from that one decision. Wow, yeah. You know, I wonder if he was inspired by Stanley Kubrick with 2001 and Space Odyssey because um, here's the opposite story. It's a kind of a sad one. Uh, with 2001 and Space Odyssey, he he put in uh, placeholder music from like old classical uh, pieces and like essentially like uh, public music that he could put in um, as an inspiration and then he got like an actual film composer to compose a full soundtrack for it. Um, now, right before release, Stanley Kubrick decided that he didn't actually like the composed soundtrack as much as his template pieces, and he ended up taking it out, but he didn't tell the composer, and so the composer went to the opening screening to watch <laughs> the piece, uh, the movie, and uh, yeah, none of his music was in there, and it was all just the temp pieces, which is actually the movie we now know today, 2001 A Space Odyssey. <laughs> So that that big that opening piece, which is uh, thus, thus spake Zarathustra by Strauss, I think. Um, that was a temp placeholder piece originally. Oh my god! So, wow. And unfortunately, that composer, I got to look up his name uh, just for people listening because he needs credit. Here. Yeah. Um, but awful. Was uh, was the composer's name in the credits? Still? Alex North, according to. This, yeah. So, Shout out Alex um, North. I don't know up. if it was in the credits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hope you're still with us. <laughs> but yeah, no, apparently he was devastated. And um, later on, they actually released his version of the soundtrack as a CD as back then. Um, and you could play it side by side with the movie to get that experience. So oh, that's pretty cool. I'm going to yeah. go out on a limb and say the original was probably better because... You know how the internet is. People just be like, "This is the way you got to watch Space Odyssey," and I've never come across that. No offense, Alex North, but well, I mean, it honestly, it probably was. I mean, Alex North did kind of his music was very much a product of the time, which was that very kind of like romantic, flowing violins and everything that you would hear in a lot of fifties music, mm-hmm. our movies. 
Um, and honestly, when you go back and watch it, uh, the temp music is very kind of sparse. So there's kind of epic music and then lots of silence. And that, I think that's what kind of makes the music, uh, the movie more iconic in some yeah, ways. Yeah, it's that contrast. And so, and, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. So, so look, Stanley Kubrick may have been right in his decision, but his way about going about it in not telling the composer was, it, man, the dude's an yeah, asshole. He, he, was, he was a bit of, I was going to say, I was going to say Kubrick was a bit of like a quirky and arrogant person from what like I've, I've read and that sort of stuff. So I wouldn't be surprised that he did that. I don't know who I was talking to recently that full on like defended him and his, dis- you know how he, his ma- mom. Uh, <laughs> shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you I was talking about he's so handsome. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, yeah, they were like, oh, well, it got like, you know, the whole Shelley Duvall story. Mm. Um, and he was like, someone was like, oh, well, you know, they got the performance out of her and that's now iconic. And she's gone on and said that, oh yeah, you know, maybe I needed that direction. I'm like, that's what victims of narcissism say. I needed that. Maybe I needed that for my whole life and the after effects or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Here's, here's similar things about James Cameron, uh, who's done, you know, some of the biggest movies over the last 30 years. And, like, all props to him. He does a great job at the end products and stuff. But apparently working with him is very difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know on Titanic, I think it was Kate Winslet almost drowned. <laughs> well. um, and I've, I've heard him in an interview asked about that. You know, people say you're quite hard to work with. And his response was that, Working with him is an adventure and that people remember those experiences. <laughs> Not that it was a positive experience, but they remember them. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, I don't, look, I don't know. This is just internet speculation. So it may be good, but yeah, I've, you hear a lot of things. And, uh, Clementine will remember this. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's like Hitchcock. A- Hitchcock too, I think. He's in the, when he did The Birds, he like locked uh, that, the main oh, actress yeah. In a room full of birds and just recorded her. Yeah, and, and apparently she was really actually like scared of birds, like in real life. Yeah. Oof. Real messed up. Oh, my up. God. Great. Now we're never getting Stanley Kubrick and uh, what's his face on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Damn, I was planning that for next week. Uh, oh. <laughs> uh, we're branching out from video games now, are we? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Let's do it. We've got to stay trendy with Alfred Hitchcock. Um <laughs> All right, good point. Let's bring it back to video games. Um, so, first story I wanted to bring up was uh, I follow, you know, IGEA, um, which is Interactive Games and Entertainment Association. It's an Australian organization um, that really, like, you know, independent game developers in Australia owe a lot to. They do a lot of work. They're basically the ones in the government's ear, basically saying, you know, Games are a thing. Keep an eye out. Keep an eye can out. Can you believe and it? Games. Now they're just, can you believe it? Yeah. <laughs> Have you um, heard of this cool thing called games? Yeah, taking the internet by storm. <laughs> um, anyway, so they, uh, for tell, worked alongside Bond University and put out this study. They do it every year. It's just about the stats on. I'm going to close this window one sec. Actually, I'm going to open this window because I was going to mute my mic, but let's. Let's bring everyone on a journey. My yeah. air conditioner is making a vacuum in my room and you're going to just be hearing a whistling. So, <laughs> for, for anyone listening and can't see it, Alex's long hair is currently blowing in the wind very gracefully. <laughs> yes, this is true. It is majestic. Um, 
with some assistance from me. <laughs> if uh, any game designers out there want some folly of a window opening, um, I can hook you up. <laughs> I have the uh, the squeaky 84360 in white. Not to be confused in black. Anyway, <laughs> um, so uh, IGEA and um, Bond University uh, put this study together that they do every year um, that just says how video games are progressing in Australia, as in what the, the audience, let's say, how they're progressing um, in Australia. Um, and, you know, every year it's it gets better and better of just stats, you know, and um, just some interesting ones that I pulled out and I thought, you know, uh, is a launching pad for discussion. Um, 17 million Australians uh, recorded last year playing video games. Um, I actually googled it and found out there's 25 million people in australia i'm still i've been telling people it's 21 million because i think it's 2010 um so that's 17 out of 25 which is better than any tests i ever got a score for so 17 out of 25 million australians played a video game uh during lockdown um well yeah sorry that's a random thing to bring up but the study did mention lockdown a lot so you know during last year 17 million australians played video games during the pandemic 76 percent of parents played some form of some form of video game with their children. Uh, the average gamer in Australia is 35 because that's the generation that grew up with the Game Boy and the NES, and that they've been saying for years is that you don't really just get to an age and you kind of stop. They're just they're growing up with the consoles. Um, bad news: time spent playing games by adult adults dropped a whole minute during the pandemic to 82 minutes a day. I don't know how we're going to recover from this, but um, in, if it's trying to well, continue... Maybe, maybe that's just because everyone's speedrunning now. We're actually <laughs> well, the, the report makes a suggestion on that, and it kind of says that. They think it's because more people started playing. So, like, before, whereas it was more uh, of us yeah. who were playing more, right. now more people are playing, but they're, like, maybe new or maybe not, like, playing so much. So it dropped everyone's playtime down a bit. Right. Yeah, right. So the people who aren't used to playing only play for like 40 minutes or... Might be like casual gamers playing for like 10 minutes and that's just like bringing the whole average down a minute. Yeah, or like mm. just starting playing yeah. or whatever. Like, Yeah. Yeah. And my favorite stat from it is that the... I wrote it down as least likely reason to play, but they basically said, what are the main reasons people play games? And the last one was exercising. And I just love that because if that was a uh, like a Today Tonight yeah. article or something like that, they would spin that rather than being like, you know, <laughs> why would you play a video game to exercise? Like obviously, you know, there's games that do promote exercise, but it's not the reason you're going to it. But they'll be like, oh, gamers aren't exercising because it's the lowest recorded. I don't know. <laughs> I, you want you know, your children I'd be, I'd to play to see the... exercising? This, yeah. Don't buy them a game. It's yeah. their least concern. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be interested yeah, to see that breakdown across the different age groups and seeing like what the motivations are across there the different was, ages. That, that was definitely in there. Oh, awesome. Um, and the like, all the categories are kind of similar. They blend into each other. Um, there's, you know, um, they give it a, a random score. It's like out of three. It's like one to three how likely they are to play it um most people was like have groups. fun like i think all age groups the top was have fun have fun yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 or like socialize keep the brain active um but there was actually one stat that 
I I wasn't sure about. When I said not sure about, I mean I'm not sure about. It's um, they said, uh, and I was hoping actually Susanna, you'd be able to kind of weigh in on it um, because you'd be perfect for this because one, you're a parent, and two, you're a teacher. They have a stat that is about students, but it's on the. Uh, I think that what they're saying is it's what adults believe on behalf of the students. <laughs> they're saying like 80% help overcome learning difficulties, 78% help students cope with stress, 78% motivate students, stuff like this. But at the bottom, it says NB adult players, which makes me think they're saying adult players think on the student's behalf that 76% think it gives students confidence yeah that sounds most likely because i think that the digital australia report doesn't survey children so if it was looking for information it would be surveying parents or teachers so it makes sense that it would be plus like um you know overcome like like learning difficulties like there's a lot of like very rigorous studies that prove that beyond a doubt that you know people with like people like me with ADHD can focus way more on a game than we can on someone talking to us so like only 80 percent of adults believing that like should be 100 like do you know what I mean like if it was based on yeah so that's that's interesting like that that's where we're we're at yeah that 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 feels like a whole category they could just rename in their self like instead of just one stat of what adults think in these because it's, it's not, yeah, that's a good point you bring up. It's not saying 78% of students are motivated by video games. It's 78% of adults believe. Yeah. Okay, that might have been what they actually they're trying to get across. I've just. Yeah, and I wonder if they're like, they um, you know, kind of what is, I, I guess it's probably more around what is the public perception of these things. Like, because if, if, say, you're yeah. a new teacher and you're like, oh, should I use video games in my classroom? Then if you read something like that, you probably go, oh, yeah, the parents aren't going to flame me <laughs> or like whatever. Yeah. 78% of them believe it. Like maybe that's something I can try rather than if it was 10, you'd go, oh, well, no, I don't want them staying, parents staying behind yeah. yelling at me because we're playing Fortnite or whatever. Like, <laughs> Yeah. But it would. It's really interesting. Um, a, a few a few years ago, because um, I, I used to work at a primary school um, and uh, one of the teachers there asked me, knowing that I was now in the game industry, whether I had any friends who were game developers. So I brought one of my friends in who's made uh, a couple successful mobile ultra casual games in to give a talk to these year six students. Um, but we start off the talk with just basically asking the students, all right, how many of you would like to make games? And every single kid put their hand up. It's like, it's not even a like a large percentage now it's just every kid wants to do it oh my god i love and that so, yeah sorry sorry go on i was and i was just gonna say so like i mean from the kids side of things yeah the trend is definitely well and truly there um and i know like yeah there's been all that reluctance from parents in the past but i mean that's definitely shifting it's definitely shifting with teachers with things like minecraft for education and all sorts of other initiatives like that um but yeah still a ways to go i guess people are still scared by you know today tonight and things like yeah, that and like you know yeah. how like um you know when i was a kid like well it's like you know video games were bad but before that it was like tv tv will rot your brain tv is the devil and then before yeah, that like yeah. it was books you know they were like banning books yeah books. and so now you're like okay yeah. what, like what do you want like 
There'll always be something, right? It's interesting. You 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 hear that video games are bad, and you hear that on TV, and then you hear on, the TV is <laughs> yeah. bad on radio, and then so forth yeah. and so forth. It's so funny. I remember I saw this picture years ago. This is awesome. This is when like everyone was saying that uh, mobile phones are ruining society because no one's socializing anymore. Mm. And it and it had that tagline. It's like people don't talk on trains anymore or on buses anymore. <laughs> and then I had this photo from the, like the 30s where everyone had these newspapers. Which is reading newspapers and not talking to each other. I feel safer on a bus if no one talked to me rather than if someone tried to talk to me. Yeah, I was about to say, <laughs> it's nice to have that kind of thing between you, right? So like you can go yeah. on your phone and put your headphones on and people don't talk to you if it's a real creep or whatever. <laughs> Is yeah. it, well, it's interesting because it is a social cue now, right? Is someone, you know, they look at their phone if they obviously don't want you to say hello yeah. to them. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Because if you say hello at that point, you definitely cross the line. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Um, oh, what was I say? Um, yeah, there's also like a, when you were saying, John, about, you know, at school, everyone wanted to make video games. That seems to follow up until when you study to make video games. <laughs> And then you have the complete opposite experience. Like in my class, we did. It was like, who here likes video games? Put your hand up. Get out. Like, we haven't got time for you. You're going to slow <laughs> us down. Like, um, no, it wasn't that bad. It was like a... Oh, if, sorry, which class is this? Oh, this was uh, redaction. Like, not what class specifically, <laughs> but is this after high school or is this... Oh, yeah, most definitely. No, no, we didn't do anything like that when I was in school. Um, yeah, okay. I didn't even intend to get into game design. That's a whole other story. Um, the, no, no, no. It was like when we went to go study game art, um, video game art, it was basically like... Um, and rightfully so. If you're just here because you enjoy video games, um, like you're not... I don't remember how they said it, but more or less, you're not going to make it. Like it's because it, the oh, class yeah. is hard. Like this is, it yeah. was intense. And we all came out, you know, learning so much from it. Um, so, you know. I thought you could say we all came out crying. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there were some casualties along the way, let's be honest. <laughs> I, um, I totally, I, I understand. Hashtag if you know, why, you know. <laughs> I understand why they say that because. I mean, I think all of us here have experience in game dev now. Mm. It's like, it's definitely different to playing games. It's like, it is a job and it's like work. And I mean, it's definitely something that you can be passionate about. And probably if you play games and you're passionate about it, you'll probably make better games. Um, But it's definitely, yeah, if you're thinking you're just going to be sitting around playing games. I mean, like I I tell people sometimes, I actually find it hard to make time to play games these days. Yeah, (laughs) same. Cause, and also, yeah. like, it's hard, right? Because you play a game and then you're like, oh, they haven't balanced this level right. Or like, you know, <laughs> yeah. why does this look yeah. like... Yeah, it becomes work. Why, why is this totally. not lit properly? Uh, like, you, you, so you, uh, you analyze always. it and you're like, oh, I just want to relax. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> honest, honest, honestly, as soon as I get dropped into a game and it's like the tutorial, if the tutorial just does not sit right with me and I'm like, I'm, I'm just <laughs> criticizing, I'm like, they should have done it like this, you know, <laughs> like I'm not understanding what's going on, like the user interface doesn't look good and just, it's a whole thing. Oh, man. You're right, you're well, yeah, Costa, that, That's when we bring him onto the podcast and grill them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what were you thinking? Come as their friend. <laughs> yeah, got, yeah, a, yeah. got a list, got a list of questions here. <laughs> The amount of times I died in Alien Isolation because I was looking at a texture seam or like trying to see how they did something and then the alien catches me. Um, that's how I figured out that the alien texture is incredibly gross on that game. 
um, because you're not meant to ever see it really up close, oh, really? Um, yeah. except for like the cinematic. Yeah, like there's just you know like like what you'd expect, like you know like um, the spine things that are on him are just kind of like sitting in there, and there's not a lot of like AO going on and and stuff like that. I think it's because yeah, you're not really meant to get close or something like that. Well, yeah, because as soon as you um, see it, you're dead. So. <laughs> Yeah, dead. Yeah, mm. but I spent. I was like looking at barrels, so many barrels, like oil barrels and crates, and looking for the seam. And it's so beautiful. That game, like, just so beautiful. <laughs> it is the um, what is it? The Nostra? No, it's not. That's the one from the movie. Whatever ship you start in, I mean, it's all beautiful. But the one you start in just has such a good, like, cohesiveness to it. Like everything in that looks like it belongs on that ship. So good. Anyway, probably, probably for anyone listening though who's thinking of getting into games, don't get us wrong. It working <laughs> games doesn't ruin games. In some <laughs> ways, it makes it better. But it's just yeah, you're definitely not going to be just chilling playing games. Oh yeah, yeah. No, no. It's a it's super rewarding as well, and you know all that's all that. Did anyone I mean, dress yeah, up yeah, as anything? Text. Um, just thinking about uh, <laughs> that. Did anyone dress up as anything game related for Halloween? Yeah. No, I didn't get invited anywhere. I didn't get invited to any. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a game about that? <laughs> we should make one and we can have all our costumes. Uh, I was uh, Ripley. Yeah. I was, uh, what? <laughs> That's why I thought about it because I uh, Oh, Ripley. Oh, nice. 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 Did you have a was, curly uh, can, can you tell me, was 101 Dalmatians ever turned into a game? Oh, Surely. Surely it was like one of those like game and watch style games. Oh. <laughs> no one knew how to play. Well, there was. If so, then technically yes. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I, I was one of I was one of the Dalmatians. Well, oh, I, I thought you were going to say you were like Roger. Like I was Morris. thinking I could see you as Roger. <laughs> like I can, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah just get yeah. a double you, bass you a and a like Daniels saxophone swagger. or whatever, trumpet. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next year. Next year, I'll do it. I'm, I'm sorry that I suggested you would either be Jasper. No, you'd be Jasper. You, you got the Jasper look. <laughs> Jasper, I gotta look this up. That's Wait, one which of the movie bad are we guys. talking? You bop him oh, on the you know, head, you know and I'll people, do the skinning. People say I look like uh, <laughs> people say I look like one of the bad guys out of Home Alone. <laughs> <laughs> so, feel free to look me up on Twitter, guys. Um, so it would be when the, I grow my hair out, it sticks out everywhere. I look like one of the I don't even know his name, but yeah, the crazy not one's Joe like Pesci. The t- not Joe Pesci. Yeah. So it's the tall guy, and he gets like absolutely destroyed by um, the Home and Alone kid. The brick, whatever his name is, the bricks <laughs> nah, in the nah, second you, one. <laughs> do you remember? Do you remember who I told you you look like when we first met? And then you told me what everyone. T- I went to what tell people what you said. Everyone thinks you look like. Oh, yeah, yeah. You said I look like some guy out of Walking Dead. Not some guy, <laughs> the guy, Rick <laughs> Grimes. Rick Grimes. No, I can yeah, see that. Is, is, is that good? I can see that. <laughs> that is good. You should grow out your beard and test it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, this poor podcast audience that's listening to us describe yeah, visual stuff the whole time. <laughs> Look, all I want to know is: is he the character that dies like real early on? No, no, no. Okay. You're currently missing at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> okay, he's Spoiler currently doing a podcast. <laughs> all right, yeah. all right, Costa. We need a segue. <laughs> yeah, this uh, is what happens when I introduce the podcast. It just goes completely off the rails. That's all right. I, I posted the next article. I'll do it. Cool. So, uh, no, I've got no puns today, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, I was um, good thinking of one, but I couldn't. Oh, yeah? Yeah, uh, that would be a bit meta. Speaking yeah. of meta. <laughs> oh! <laughs> <laughs> no, we're, we're talking about how Facebook's just rebranded to meta. 
Um, and we're looking at a news article from the Washington Post, uh, which is a bit of a critique about the branding. Um, basically, what they're critiquing is claims that Meta, formerly Facebook, uh, are claiming that they're going to be the leading company or one of the biggest companies that are moving things, virtual worlds into this kind of single unified world where people can create things and you have an avatar that goes across worlds and digital goods that goes across worlds. Um, and the article is basically suggesting that this is already being done by other uh, companies and games, such as Roblox is one of the big ones. Um, uh, they mentioned Fortnite. I don't know enough about Fortnite to know if you can create your own worlds there at the moment. Um, but you can, also, yeah. I think they mentioned Tencent uh, doing some big things as well. So, yeah. Have you guys heard about any of this? I have. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have it's a 10-year-old, news, so Roblox it? is where it's at. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Actually, did you hear Roblox went down for like three days? Recently, oh, yes. I think it was only just came up today or something. Oh yes, yeah, oh, yes. yeah. How was you, how was your ten year old about oh, that? Oh yes, <laughs> <laughs> I think I could see an eye twitch in there. Yes. <laughs> well, I didn't have to pay for any Robux for like three days, so that's pretty sweet. <laughs> it's but yeah, I see it's what it's saying about the um the, the push going across worlds thing, like because you know if they're saying that you you create these identities or you have these kind of avatars or that you that exist and then you can carry them across places like you know roblox is kind of just like um a platform like steam or something in in that sense in that it's got multiple games in it and you can go into each of them and still have your identity or your hats or whatever (laughs) but then there are ones that exist in those individual worlds as well that you can only have in those individual worlds so it's kind of cross there so i assume that that that's what they're talking about doing with this meta platform having some things that you know come across but some things that you have unique as well but i'm wondering about the rebrand like why do we think that that happened do you think that happened to kind of lead them into this or do you think that was kind of a let's get rid of like you know because like you know facebook is a bit well boomery. do you still want to know <laughs> what they say or do you want to know what everyone thinks yeah a bit of both <laughs> <laughs> i mean like they they're, they're pretty strong on that the re- rebrand has nothing to do with negative connotations uh-huh. mm-hmm. um <laughs> On the opposite side, there's people wondering why it happened right when there was like a a whistleblower came out. Yeah, uh, one of their ex-employees mm. leaked a whole lot of documents to the SEC about um, certain decision-making going on there. Um, like, personally, I believe them that that's not why they did the rebrand. Um, they do genuinely seem to be wanting to push things into the direction of virtual reality, augmented reality, and kind of single unified metaverse. Um, and it will be interesting to see if they can s- stick to their word on it. Um, and it's actually really interesting because right right before this, I was actually watching their um, presentation about it. And right at the very beginning, in small text down the bottom, it says something like um, everything they're talking about here are forward thinking or forward thinking statements. And then it says how forward-thinking statements, or I can't remember the actual phrase, says they can't be taken as uh, 
basically sure. news to base investments and sure, yes. related things on yeah. and how that they are legally not bound to fulfill mm. what they're saying in this Serving video. suggestion because- only. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I thought it was hilarious, uh, not because like I think they will genuinely try and do it, but just I thought it was hilarious that you even have to say that in a video when you're an, uh, an organization like this. Mm. That otherwise you can get you can get uh, sued by you know your investors or whatever because you had a cool idea. Or just <laughs> well, I mean they can they can announce year. something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they yeah. could announce something and then it doesn't get released and then people will say, well, you said in this presentation that you're going to have a million people or a game that can support a million people. Why didn't you do that? You know, I invested because of that. Yeah, yeah. and it's just yeah, like this whole yeah. They're just trying to. Cover their asses, I guess. Sky situation, I guess. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. I mean, mind mind you, they redeemed themselves in the end. Mm. No man's sky, definitely. Yeah, they did. Well, I think. Sorry, Costa, you go. Yeah, and I was going to say just around. um, Interesting how they're doing this. I mean, it it seems like it, it makes sense in terms of them investing in all this VR, AR stuff, and I guess trying to unify Facebook in that. Um. I know from a gaming perspective now that the the Oculus Quest no longer needs a Facebook account, which was a big point of contention among uh, people getting the Oculus Quest because mm. a lot of people don't have Facebook anymore, and you know they thought I'm going to have to reactivate it just because of that. So that's a a sort of win um, for that. And I've also heard that they're dropping the Oculus um, branding now, so it's going to be called the Meta Quest. So oh, wow. it seems like they're going with this unified approach for all of their hardware products as well in the future. I'm not sure why as to why that they, they would drop the Oculus name. I think it has a certain, you know, value connected to that brand, like especially as it was one of the first VR companies. So I don't know. I guess they're just trying to claim the word meta more or less. I I would much. think they they're using VR as the way to communicate with us, they're saying this is our plan with it. But I think they're looking way more further than that. Like they look, they're trying to like their thing with VR is they've, you know, they've bought an old car and they have to do something with it. They didn't buy VR, but well, they did, they, they bought a form of it and you know, it might not be taking off in the way that they wanted. Maybe it is, but I don't think that's their intention. I think they're more going to be looking into AR. Um, I can't because I can't see what do I know at the same time, but I can't see VR being this big solution that they're, they're touting. I think this is their like uh, layman's, if you want to say it that way, like um, approach to this is they're saying, Oh, you know, that thing we own VR well, you can apply it to this. And, you know, maybe we don't hear about any results of this for a few years. And that's roughly around the same time that under you know, behind all of this stuff, they've been working on AR, like the glasses come out or something where this VR world exists in the real world. Um, because, you know, like like another reason why I think this rebrand probably exists is um, probably because the old folks moved into the neighborhood and it's brought down the value of Facebook. Like, you know, the kids aren't on Facebook anymore. They're not, yeah. they're leaving Instagram. They're all going on to, it's all just TikTok and Snapchat. So they're trying to compete with that. Um, so, you know, if Facebook's, if a huge chunk of their market is VR gaming or VR users, or if that's what they're saying it is, 
without any numbers in front of me, I would imagine that VR numbers aren't enough to facilitate a move like this. So they're looking even further. Um, it makes me think of, this is a, a side note, in, in the States, they have a really bad problem with um, sports stadiums getting built all the time. Um, like they, the, the cities don't even ask for it and they just say, hey, we're, we're, we're building an $80 million sports stadium. And the stuff they have written into their contracts is um, just needs verification, but it's along the lines of like uh, they 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 make really stupid requests in there. They say like we have, um, you know, because because I think the city has to pay for it, right? And they say, and that's what bankrupts these cities and things like that. And they say, oh, um, when holographic replay technology comes out, you got to pay for it, and it's written in the contract. But the stadiums don't last that long, so they're. But I think the thing I'm just tying to it is they're just thinking longer term than what's on the public eye. Yeah, I'm curious about this. When you say like they build the stadiums and the city has to pay for it, who's they that gets to build the stadium? Uh, it's a good question. Just someone, this, this someone just goes up to the city council and they're just like, no, yeah, I, I'm building a stadium. I think it's the teams. <laughs> I think it's, it'd be some investors back in the team. Like I'm pretty sure that makes sense. like uh, the Marlins, which is a baseball team, I think it's mm-hmm. them. They have like, I don't know if they have it or they propose they wanted a giant aquarium just going around the whole stadium uh-huh. and just stuff so that like that. That would be cool. Yeah, we but get stuff Ad- that Adelaide City so Council money. to do that. That'd be yeah. awesome. <laughs> but do you <laughs> think like, like... I thought you were... Uh, sorry, no, go. <laughs> oh, no, I was, I was just going to make a really bad joke about I thought the contract says like build it and they will come or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or like they remember Someone's that. Someone's been watching Field of Dreams. Yeah, <laughs> remember that Basketball movie and like all the teams move everywhere? So it's like if you're like... Oh, yeah. If you got like the... <laughs> The Marlins, and you got that thing all around you, that tank, and you move cities. You like demand that air, they airlift out your giant tank and take it to the new state. <laughs> <laughs> or like a renter tank. Rent a tank. Um, I, I, yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right, Alex. In terms of where, you know going back to uh, for Meta now, looking mm-hmm. further. I mean, they've got a whole virtual reality research lab. Like, I think they've they've like hired. Uh, I don't know what the statistic was exactly. Uh, I think it was like maybe a thousand or ten thousand people specifically looking at Whoa. VR, AR. So yeah, it seems like a a push for them. Um, I I don't see the like. I think there is a disconnect. You're right. A lot of older people are on Facebook now. Younger people are dropping out. Um, and there's just a disconnect between Facebook and and Oculus. Like this this virtual reality gaming when like most of the people on Facebook are you know older so mm. i can yeah i can understand why they they've done the rebrand and yeah i mean i, I saw as, as well like grand theft auto san andreas is now on um oculus quest which oh, is really cool. a cool push for them mm. but yeah they're just trying and uh, trying Resi 4 yeah. too. it's pretty mm. but like which one? Oh, resident evil yeah. yeah yeah but like i was thinking about you know how they're talking about like um having this one kind of identity that you carry across to things and I was thinking, like, maybe that will make people more accountable for, like, not being massive jerks online. But then, like, that's clearly not the case with Facebook where, like, you need to use your real name or you're supposed to use their real name. And people are still, you know, you get questionable people on there. So, like, if mm. it doesn't have that accountability, that level of accountability, what what's the point of having this kind of, like, consistent identity, like, and, you know, like maybe you want to be different in different platforms mm. or maybe, you know, you you have that kind of different relationship. Like, you know, if I'm like if we're 
teaching a class or if we're at work, we're going to probably present differently than when we're online with our friends. Like, and it's just well, kind. Of- it's interesting you. It's interesting you bring up that exact thing because uh, in the video they were showing how their idea is that when you're at work, your avatar that you'll choose will be like a more photorealistic one. And when you're with friends, you'll pick a more like Pixar style cartoon avatar version of yourself. And then when you're gaming, you get to pick, you know, whatever fantasy thing you want. So what does that mean Uh, when when you're at work? Like, are they going to use this at work? Yeah. So because they're not focused. I mean, gaming is one of their big pushes, but then they're looking at both like professional. So they're looking at trying to replace basically Zoom with AR, uh, uh, VR chat rooms um and you know casual they're trying to cover all spaces pretty much mm. professional personal uh gaming and they're just- see they're designing it in a way where you have to disclose who you are yeah. and you have to physically look like who you are when you've got you know if you pair it back to like we spoke about on the other episode second life the whole idea of that is that you can be anonymous you can be anyone you want so yeah and if no, like, like if, yeah, if sure i play a that. game like if i play even just say like um mmo like if i play the Old Republic, which, you know, I've sunk way too many hours into. If I play the Old Republic <laughs> using voice chat, like if I if I want to play something using voice chat, like I'm going to get flamed. I'm going to get told to, you know, just make a sandwich, right? I'm going to get that. But if I play without voice chat and I make a masculine avatar and I type, I don't get mm. flamed. So, <laughs> like, it's taking mm. that level away from me too. Like, it's, it's not letting me do that. Like, I'll always be... Mm. Fem- feminine presenting does that still happen a lot? oh yeah Suzanne? yeah it's crazy yeah oh, you, it, it hasn't gotten any better and that's that sucks yeah yeah because you you have a feeling that it is getting better but but then again i like i i've never really tried so i don't get it i feel like i think i feel like it hasn't got any better i feel like it's the same level so like every time you play yeah. you're likely to get something like you can say well that you know ignore it and that's that stupid sucks. but like you know, some sometimes you don't want to do that. Sometimes you don't want to like fight it. You just you just want to shoot some. Yeah, you just, well, <laughs> you just you're wanna... playing games because you want to relax. Yeah, yeah, or... yeah. You just want to savor some jitters. Mm. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> but and that's and that's and that's a and that's a choice that they're making now. Facebook or Meta um, with uh, this sort of avatar and choosing it. So hopefully that they hope they listen to yeah. the people that are actually going to be using the platform and. Um, take that into consideration just just to clarify i'm pretty sure for games they let you be whatever you want, you want. okay um it's because there's this bit in the video where one of uh, mark zuckerberg's friends is a big robot dude and, and mark zuckerberg goes i thought i was meant to be the robot oh <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, okay yeah he's, he's a robot. Human. That's, that's funny <laughs> i found what the humans like <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't say it in like zeros What's and ones. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, zero, zero, one. yeah. <laughs> well, all right. What okay. Add, add what Mark was... to the list of people that are never coming onto the podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think I saw, I don't know if it was an Instagram post or something, um, what this means for a recurring topic on this podcast, uh, NFTs. Yeah. Well, he they brought that up as well. Um they, they didn't say they're directly using NFTs, but there's illusions it might be part of it. Uh, but they did reference that, you know, the crypto community and NFT community, and there's a lot of projects that are happening around it that are exciting. So they were kind of just like, yes, we're aware of it, 
and we're going to be working in those kind of ways. Mm. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that's one of their plays is some way to generate or share or create or demonstrate NFTs in there. The only way an NFT could be any use inside of there, like they'd have to be at a reasonable price. Oh, wait, I'm guessing NFTs are at a reasonable price. We're just hearing about the ones that that is grossly overvalued. There's new ones every day. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's pretty exciting thinking about it. Like, like, uh, you know, you could cre- uh, you could create digital skins, digital clothes, like anyone could, That's regardless the idea, of yeah. costs. The education would be amazing. Uh, like, yeah. but this is all in talking about potentials. We're looking at it in the same yeah. lens that the fifties probably looked at the eighties. Like, um, the stuff you could do in a classroom with it, <laughs> but at the same time. But see, I mean, it's a big gamble, and like, I totally agree with you. Alex, and uh, like I'm excited about all the potential as well. But as we were talking about on the last episode, like all of us own virtual reality goggles <laughs> and we don't use them. <laughs> so it's like sold them. Meta has now geared their whole company or most of their company towards this. Mm. So it's like either they're going to be powerful enough to shift the world towards it or it's going to fail and I guess they'll go back to being it's, Facebook. Yeah. Or something. I mean, you're talking about one of the richest companies in the world as well. Who, yeah. Like, they're going to be, they'll, yeah, they'll try as hard as they can to, to push it that way. It kind of reminds me of, you know, it is a bubble at the moment and I think there's a lot of hype around it that's inflated. I think it kind of reminds me of when you read about the dot-com bubble in the early 2000s where people thought, well, the internet is huge. We're going to be able to do everything on the internet. They were, they were right. Um, but at the time, it was a lot of, a lot of companies and things and ideas popping up that didn't necessarily make sense at the time. Like there was a lot of companies famously like Webvan, which was a, you always hear about this in business, um, Webvan, which was one that basically tried to do uh, deliveries to your door. So I think it was groceries and things like that. They raised about a billion dollars and then went bankrupt. Uh, pet, Pet.com and all these websites that popped up saying, oh, we're going to, you know, uh, have a, place for information around pets and buying pets on, on online, all these different things that popped up that were cool ideas, but just did not have the right business model, the right um, uh, ideas around it. So I think I think we're going to see a lot of that now. There's going to be a lot of ideas that come out and not all of them are going to stick. So it'll be interesting to see if Facebook is one of those ideas and that the ideas that they have, if any of those will actually stick or if someone else will come in and you know have a better idea. But gaming and, and NFTs and um, the metaverse, they've already been doing things like this. There's MMOs around. There's all these things around. Like They'll be the first ones to, to try to in, integrate that in the, in the best way possible. It's like um, it's hard, right? Like if you, if you say you want to have this avatar that kind of carries across, like even though you're saying with games it can be something else, like that, does that mean that everyone who devs something for that has to have the exact same shaders or like the exact same models? Like where is the model coming from? Who's bringing that in? Who's supporting that? Like there's so much just involved yeah. with that. There's APIs they said they're already working on. So I guess because their platform is going to be called Horizon or is already called Horizon. Okay. Yeah, that's already out. Um, I think that's in beta. That's yeah, well, that's what they're testing and this is what they're kind of pushing as part of it. So, I mean, I, th- I think it's kind of like this weird halfway point between they're saying, yes, like we're all about like NFTs and kind of like everyone creating stuff but they are like asking you to use their API 
Um, so you would be, yeah, in line with their standards. So it is a centralized platform that looks like a decentralized <laughs> platform. So. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. Segway us away, John. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, this one's yours, uh, Costa. Do you have a pun um, for it? Actually, speaking of <laughs> games that were mentioned in the last article that I know nothing about, Fortnite is one of them. <laughs> so this... <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Costa, take us away with Fortnite China. This, this article is an interesting one. Fortnite China has announced that it will be ending and shutting down in November. So uh, the company um, uh, Epic or, or Fortnite China in this circumstance um, is, yeah, will be closing its its doors in, in November. Um, and apparently it's a very different game. I haven't really pl- like played Fortnite too much, but um, you know it has a certain... Uh, certain set of rules around it but in in china specifically it's actually different um the premium currency is actually unlocked in the game by playing rather than with real money so i don't think there's as many microtransactions or if any um the the other things that were different were the matches were shorter um there were you know there was a rules in there around allowing for multiple players to claim um victory as long as they all stayed alive mm. Um, other mechanics were changed to make the game more casual, like a separate health bar for uh, for damage from the storm. Um, and again, a lot of this is coming back to a speculation around if this shutdown has something to do, it probably does, with China's crackdown on online games recently. Um, again, Fortnite's audience is overwhelmingly younger and China has introduced a policy that uh, really doesn't want younger people to play online games going so far as to use facial recognition, which I thought was <laughs> insane um, to stop younger people yeah. from playing games. Um, so the related news to this, this is an article back in July, which I thought sort of encompasses this, was this uh, facial recognition technology in China. Um, and the way it works is that if children under the 18 try to play a game after 10 p.m. or before 8 a.m., they'll have to actually pass a check that uses the phone's camera to verify their identity and age. So this extra measure is in place to stop children who were easily circumventing previous age gating methods to enforce China's strict laws on gaming activity. So again, all of this is to curb a gaming addiction, but what are your thoughts on this? That that last bit just made me think of um, when I was in bands in high school and you couldn't stay in the pub after... A certain time. So you used to just ask the people there, like, can you just pretend you're my dad if anyone shows up? And they're like, yeah, right. (laughs) But, like, if they're doing, like, this recognition now where you've got to, like, you know, facial recognition now, what were they doing for for nothing? Like, were they just telling kids not to? Or, like, I always thought they were pretty strict. Please stop. (laughs) Yeah. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) And, um... uh, what is this? I guess what is it? What does this actually mean for the for the future of gaming what? in China or even yeah. development? Like, what impact does it yeah. have on developers? Because well, a lot of huge. Like, if they're already changed the game yeah. so much to suit that market, mm. like maybe they're just forty percent. Forty percent of um, I think it's forty percent of, was it forty eight percent? No, I think it's forty eight percent actually. Of Epic is owned by Tencent. Um, And if I remember correctly, Tencent bought that much with the idea of um, games as a service, like in-app purchases. So a Chinese company 
has a huge stake in Fortnite with the intention of microtransactions, and China is now saying no microtransactions. <laughs> also, they're not allowed to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well they even, own even all in of 2019. Riot. Tencent don't they own like? Yeah, all that's. Of Riot. Yeah. I was just I, I was just going to say yeah, in 2019 it was actually pressured to implement anti addiction measures to so write games, um, specifically the Chinese version of League of Legends, and that's because Tencent owns a hundred percent stake in Riot, even oh. though it is an American company. Yeah. Yeah. Is that a bad thing? I mean, I, the, no, I the, the, the Fortnite you just described, <laughs> I want to play that Fortnite. Yeah, honestly, like how lame is have... it when there's like two people left for like hours at the end of a battle royale? Like, yeah. come on. <laughs> uh, yeah. I would love to have like have an interview with one of the people that have made this decision because like everyone over here kind of speculates about it and goes, oh, like facial recognition, that's so wrong, which is like, it's it's kind of wrong in a few ways. Um, but like, you know, they're doing it f- to combat uh, addiction. And like what we don't really know here is how bad is that addiction? Like, is it actually seriously undermining their country? Yeah. <laughs> their yeah. economy and everything over there? Or- well, yeah, I mean, it's it's the approach as well. Like, you know, the approach... If if this you know this happens in Australia, like addiction is is everywhere, especially you know mm. in games as well. Um, you know the approach probably is different depending on the country. Like Australians might say, well, you know more education is needed and um, more support services are needed for people who suffer from addiction. Whereas yeah, China's true. just facial recognition, the technical <laughs> problem, you know, the technical solution to solve the problem. Yeah. Like that we're just going to scan them and then just not let them. Of, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Like I don't agree with it, but from a neutral perspective, I would be interested to see what is more effective in the long run. Mm. Have you guys ever heard of finger vein authentication? Oh, that, I don't like the sound of that. <laughs> Scanning this, your, your finger? Or? This is something the Bank of China um, does. Yes, it's it's that. It's th- This is their description of it. I had to Google it um, just to make sure I wasn't about to just say something that wasn't true. Uh, finger vein authentication is uh, is a picture of a it's a person's that's finger looks like they're in like a I was gonna say like a hole punch I don't know why I would have thought that but (laughs) it's just in this big mechanism right and it says uh, finger vein authentication incorporates near infrared uh, LED to scan the finger and identify your unique finger vein pattern. This serves as a secure identity verification method as each person has his her unique and non repetitive pattern that does not change after adulthood the service benefits are finger veins are found beneath the skin surface creating a in quotes living password with blood flow that is difficult to forge mm-hmm. um wow. so like that just makes me think of the the facial recognition is like their banks are already scanning your fin- your blood to get into your money like yeah yeah have you yeah. seen that movie um, idiocracy <laughs> No. no what's that about it's it's kind of like this alternate future but like everybody like all of society like we get really really dumb we get dumber and dumber but there's this one guy um who like he's in like a um like he's frozen so he wakes up and he was like a regular dude but now he's like when he wakes up he's like the smartest guy in the world because everyone's gone really really dumb but like in that like they have heaps of this kind of tech like the way they pay for everything is like by scanning their arms and their ID is like mm, in their arm. Yeah. So like they've got like a chip in their arm and that does like everything. You gotta check it out. Yeah. Maybe it's yeah. predicting is this, the future. Is this the movie 
Is this the movie where like they're all stuck to a screen as well, like a little screen that they carry around or something? Um, or is that a different movie? That's Wally. You're thinking of Wally. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking of the same. No, 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 not Wally. <laughs> it's like it's like a nineties I haven't seen, I've seen clips from it. It's like a nineties movie or like an early nineteen nineties. And they sort of walk around and they're like hunched over and they look at this. No, I don't think screen. so. I this one has Demolition Terry Crews as the president. <laughs> Oh, okay. No, that's probably not it. <laughs> it's a pretty great film, but it's got that, like, you know, it's yeah. got a lot of the stuff that we're talking about, like, it, it kind of eerily predicts, like, <laughs> yeah, maybe that yeah, is what yeah. the world's going to be I, like. <laughs> I just, yeah, I just wonder what, what uh, you know, what developers will have to do to adapt to this. I mean, it's such a big market to to export to, even you know, as an Australian developer, if you're looking to get into that market with with so many players in China, um, I just wonder what they will have, what what developers will have to do to actually adapt to it. Like yeah. I know, I know previously, even in te- you know, companies like Nintendo aren't allowed to operate um, in China. Uh, they used to be branded as an IQ, um, so they used to release all of their consoles as IQ. So they had the IQ. 3ds and all that sort of stuff it wasn't only until in 2018 that they um were able to well i think it was 2019 to actually be branded as nintendo switch um and that was only by partnering with tencent to bring Uh, the switch to china so all these restrictions around operating there but such a huge market Mm, i guess it's going to depend like it's going to people are going to keep adjusting for it as long as it stays profitable right and i guess just how much limitation occurs will determine if that's Profitable. You know what the solution is here? Is we need a single unified avatar that goes across <laughs> all. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if Tencent bought Facebook? <laughs> that would be Tencent bought Facebook. Crisis. Oh <laughs> well, well, they've got their own. Over everyone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They got their own one over there. I forgot what it's called. But they have. Uh, like, was it uh, Ren Ren? Something like that, yeah. Um, actually, uh, you know, saying implications to developers. Um, when they launched, they were launching the Switch in China. Uh, I think an interesting play with this is it would depend on the relationship with the country that China has. So, China, when uh, in twenty nine, tw- yeah, it must have been twenty nineteen uh, at um, PAX in Melbourne. Um, Tencent was setting up all these meetings with indie game developers, Australian indie game developers, to look for potential launch titles for the Switch. And I think it was one of the reasons was because um, China has a good relationship with Australia. So invited them to the table pretty much first. Or had. One of the first. Had. Well, <laughs> yeah, had, yeah. Had. Well, yeah, I, I don't keep up with a lot of this stuff, so I don't know what the deal is. But um, yeah. So yeah, I think that's, that's another another thing. Mm. It's like, you know, it's not a, I mean, obviously it's not a free market anymore when you involve China into the mix. But, um, you know, it depends on, yeah, what your country's standing is. Yeah. I don't know if it's, it's in- interesting, Costa, you're talking about the IQ. Because mm. um, when you posted this article, I was looking up the IQ uh, because I remember, I don't know if I got this right, but I, re- I remember watching this thing about, I don't know if it was Super Mario Galaxy or like Super Mario 64. Um, someone found that it actually ran at a much higher resolution on the I- IQ because <laughs> um, it was released like six to ten years later or whatever it was. Yeah. And so people were like scrambling to try and get the ROM that, that was released for the IQ so they could play whatever game it was at this super high re- resolution. I, I used to have one of the IQ um, 
in 2003, they released an IQ 64, which was actually a Nintendo 64 in a handheld format. And it you was the, the, the it would one, plug in. Is the, the console is the controller? Yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you had crazy. it? Crazy. Oh, wow. I, I had it. I mean, you can, you, can, you can purchase it, I think, off eBay and all that sort of stuff. You obviously, you know, the games are in Chinese and, um, you know, the, yeah, they're all region to that, whatever, to that region, like everything's specific to that. But it was just a cool console and and it came out like almost 10 years after it, it was well maybe eight years seven years after the 64 came out in every other country so you're right john like i think a lot of the games on there actually ran better than well the they're, they're actually saying that um some speedrunners prefer the iq version yeah. of certain <laughs> games because like all the scenes load faster as yeah. well mm. so they're saving precious milliseconds and i think <laughs> even the characters are smaller in in mandarin or, oh, um, of course. And so, so they the can skip past load yeah. quicker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's wow. So <laughs> Speedrunners. Man, that, yeah. that's where the competitive scene is. Yeah, I would yeah, never yeah. have even thought about so, that. Wait, <laughs> so, so you had, because looking at a picture, uh, if you guys haven't looked up a picture of the IQ on Wikipedia, and you'll see, so it's like, it looks like a Nintendo 64 controller, but it's like, because it's actually the console was built into the controller, and then you plug it into your TV. It's got all these grates on it for like the fan or like to, for the heat to escape. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was going to ask you, Costa, like, did it get really hot while you were playing it? Or yeah, it was a little bit warm. It would get warm. <laughs> um, yeah, not gonna lie. But it was yeah, it was cool. It was a cool mechanism. It had it had a little like it would connect to another box, and then you could also get other controllers that looked the same, but they were uh, black and they were they were hollow because they didn't have the the console in there, but they would also act as like player two, three, four. Uh, very very cool and interesting concept and i think they even had a distribution network where you would actually purchase the games at like a kiosk and you would load it onto a digital card again really like real bizarre things they had to do just to get the console out in um china yeah what's the benefit to having the console in the controller like why did they have to do that over there when the switch is just a switch well I mean, it, it was 2003. I think the 64 came out in 95. So it was like they probably could just make everything a lot well, better and smaller. Yeah. When, when did the GameCube come out? That was 2001, wasn't 2001. it? 2001. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this was actually after the GameCube. Yeah. Yeah, right. Real crazy. All right. Susanna, you have a, a story on here. Oh, yes. I will fill the silence. With talking about <laughs> a quiet place. I was waiting for a cost of segue. Segway, segway, segway. Nice. Oh, yeah. Susanna wins this one. I blew that segue. I'm sorry. No, Susanna got it. She, she wins the trophy for this round. <laughs> um, a quiet place is getting a video game adaptation. Um, uh, so the, the movie, the horror sci-fi movie about the aliens who um, can't see things but you can't make a noise or they get you, um, is being turned into a video game. Um, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, like what a cool game, um, to, you know, what a cool story to, or world to lend itself to a game. And, you know, just kind of like thinking about like alien isolation and all those kind of stealth games. Like we've kind Mm -hmm. of had so much stealth game. That's like bad guys, bad guys, bad guys, but like, Alien Isolation came along and it was like, oh, you know, I want to like, let's play the stealth game because this world is so different than, you know, just Metal Gear kind of dudes coming after you. Like, and, and you know, it just <laughs> takes that further, right? With like that cool idea. And, and you like, 
you know, there used to be all these games about movies, right? Like, you know, you'd play, you'd watch Jurassic Park and then they'd make a Jurassic Park game, but all you did was you just played <laughs> the story of the game, of the movie, right? Like, yeah. let's not yep. talk about E.T., but, you know, like, you know, you know, I had, <laughs> like, I got the Universal Soldier game on Game Boy when I was a kid, and it was, like, you know, supposed to be the Universal Soldier story, and you were supposed to play as Arnold Schwarzenegger, but it's just a platformer, and you're like, could have probably done something <laughs> a bit more interesting with this, right? But, like, you know, and there's, you know, movies about games as well now, but, like, they just take the game world and then they put in their own story. But like maybe this, like this quiet place thing, maybe this is like what it should be. Like you take the world of a game or of a movie and you bring it across to the other medium and you like do something new with that. Like, because like what a cool mechanic, like it's the mechanic you're borrowing here. Yeah. Like, well, see, that would be awesome for like doing spin-off stories and stuff like that. Yeah, and like just building the world. We were talking about this a few episodes ago. Yeah, well, exactly. You get to expand the world um, and you can do that so many times as well mm. rather than just ruining the same story yeah. <laughs> over and over. Yeah, like- yeah we, I remember we were talking about this in, um, uh, in TAFE about um, bringing that in and like the what we all thought was the big disconnect between games and movies was that um, a movie is like an hour and a half and a game is like, what, eight to ten hours. So you're trying to cram. If, if you go, you know, the game to movie route, you're trying to cram eight to ten hours minimum of gameplay into one and a half hours. And then even vice versa, if you just followed the story, the game route, you've got to stretch an hour and a half into ten hours. Where if you go the game route, it would, it's almost as like, you know, making, being like, oh, we're going to turn Metal Gear into a... It's, sorry, because you said that's now it's on my mind. Yes, um, we're going to turn Metal Gear into a, a, a Netflix series or something like that. And for that same reason, I'm a big advocate for that because it's creating the world. It's not following it one-to-one. Hmm. Yeah. And- Is that why you think a lot of like when movies become games, they become like collectathons? Because they're just like... We only have the assets from the movie, really, and the story from the movie. <laughs> but we have to add an extra 15 hours of gameplay. So, like, a Finding Nemo game for PlayStation <laughs> was ridiculous. <laughs> it was, it was uh, uh, yeah, pretty much just collecting random things. and That must be the Pixar brand. That's the Pixar brand because I was thinking the same thing with Toy Story 2 the video <laughs> game. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. What would yeah, you like do, Susanna, at, <laughs> yeah. uh, if you were to pick a movie and adapt it into a video game? What movie would you pick, and what and what game mechanics would you go for, or envir- even the environment, like and why? No, oh, that's cool. Well, you know, like what, like this is really weird, and nobody's going to know this film, but there's like this really weird French film. Um, by Jean-Pierre Jeunet, who does like um, direct like Amelie and um, directed that oh, yeah. the alien movie that's not very good <laughs> that we don't talk about. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like he also directed this film called A Very Long Engagement, and it's based on this book. And it's about like kind of this um, this guy who goes to war World War One, and like then he goes missing and nobody can find him. And it's like his his girlfriend trying to piece together what happens to him. 
through like going to all these different places oh, and meeting all these people mm-hmm. and like going through all these files and like in the movie it just kind of like you know cuts through or going through the files and then she's got the information or whatever or like but how cool would it be if you were like you know walking around yeah. these french towns like finding the people and you know what that sounds like did you guys ever play where in the world is carmen san oh, diego yes. <laughs> 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 it's like an old 90s like Macintosh game or something. <laughs> it's, but yeah, it was kind of like kind of like point and click, but you're, I don't know, a detective or something trying to find this super spy called Carmen Sandiego and you go to like different European countries and explore them trying to find this. Trying thing. to find clues so, about where so Carmen it, is. <laughs> yeah. Is that what you're thinking, Susanna? Like, or are you thinking more like uh, third person walking through these French towns? Yeah, no, I think I think you're her, right? Like you're or you're you're someone trying to piece together what happened, but like as you're doing it, you're you're learning all this stuff about like what happened in World War One and what the conditions were like and what the political kind of presentation of it was because like there's stuff where like she in the book because there's a book of this as well and she tries to find out information that's all like redacted and like why is that the case and you know you can learn about how you know things were had to be kept secret and like just just so much cool stuff and like I love like like when you just kind of fall into that hole of like why is this that way oh why is this that way and then you just go and go and go and you like learn so much stuff and you just kind of like wikipedia rabbit hole but like in a game like how cool would that be (laughs) yeah super narrative driven interesting because you're talking about like what you can learn along the way like when I was looking at the article for meta uh, facebook stuff one of their big pushes is for how it can be used in education. And then when I was reading Costa's article about uh, the IQ, one of their biggest pushes for trying to get China to adapt the console was that it's actually good for children's health and intelligence. Mm. And I think that's maybe why they called it the IQ. Yeah, um, so this whole thing of like education in games is a, it's a big thing that's being pushed mm. um, and probably rightfully sh- so. Mm. So you're probably on the ball there with that. Including all that kind of uh, educational content while you're trying to find your long lost boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, what would you do, John? What what film do you reckon could get turned into a game or series or? Oh man, it's hard when you put it on the spot. But mm. uh, I, I'm a sucker for like time travel movies. Oh. Mm. So imagine like a slider. I mean, my favorite. My favorite. <laughs> sliders. A what? Like a sliders, sliders? game. Love. <laughs> Love that show. That was What's such a good show. Sliders. I gotta look this up. What is I'm it? Nineteen oh, nineties. Yeah, it was like this nineties um, show yeah. where with that Jerry O'Connell, and he like Jerry O'Connell. Yeah, and he's like a an academic, and, and he like invents, and his brother. Don't forget. Oh yeah, yeah. Charlie O'Connell's in it. Yeah. <laughs> and he like invents Hell this yeah. machine. Look, I haven't seen it. You go to alternate realities. I haven't seen it, but I choose that. Uh, it's pretty. I reckon you would totally choose that. <laughs> That that, that, yeah, awesome. that format worked so well as a TV show. You would literally every episode they would go into a different alternate reality and there would be like something. It could be something so small that, you know, has changed, but it has had this huge ripple effect on like um, the rest of the, you know, of the universe they're in. Like I think one of the first episodes was like um, penicillin wasn't invented mm. and it was just this whole like thing around. Oh, it's just amazing. You definitely got to watch it. Oh, it reminds me of because uh, you, you've uh, heard of like Squid Game and how that's been doing so well. 
Apparently, uh, someone remade that in Roblox. You'd know this, Susanna. I'm sure your kid's been playing it. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, apparently that's doing quite well as well. Yeah, so it's, it's like, like the top game on Roblox. And my kids play it and my kid's like, can I watch Squid Game? And I'm like, what do you think? <laughs> Come on. Hell no. <laughs> You're 10 years Just old. Just play it on Roblox. Just play the Roblox one. I mean, is it... <laughs> is it censored on Roblox or is it the same kind of like no, it's not the, gory, you yeah. gotta kill each other thing? Roblox is pretty good at like um not having gore. So like you know, you like if you if you die in Roblox, you're kind of like your your body just kind of like it's like looks like it's made of Lego and just kind of falls apart. <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> well I was I was playing um the new Mario Party last night and I was just thinking like this is Squid Game. Like 90% of the, well, because 90% of the mini games in Mario Party, you are not surviving. Like, do you know how many games there are, mini games where you're Yoshi running over tiles of lava and like, all you do is cutely bounce off the lava, you know? Like, how is that any different from Squid Game, you know? You're, not you're competing your for money. I want to be the superstar. You're not getting um, your head shot off and there's blood pouring out like in Squid Game. I mean, game. there's a mini game. There, there's, there's mini games where you're in tanks shooting at each other. Yeah. yeah. It's probably oh, a mod. got to be a fan theory. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so, think about it. Mario Party is the precursor to Squid Game. <laughs> I, I could see that. So, John, John you yeah, were saying time time travel. Yeah, sorry. Where would you go? I'm trying to think. Yeah, because what we've been talking, I'm trying to think. The problem is like my favorite time travel movie is one called Primer. And I don't know how well it would translate because it's literally about these two like engineers who outside of their office job build this yeah. machine that turns out to be a time machine and they have to work out how to use it. Um, and it's like an awesome movie, yeah. low budget, but it's awesome because it's like realistic in the way that they're kind of like fumbling their way through <laughs> working out how this thing actually works um, and that it's not just like magic. They actually have to like sleep in the time machine box for as long as they want to go back in time because everything inside moves backwards in time and <laughs> blah 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 so like i'm thinking that i'm thinking how does this translate into a video game and it's like not easily but again yeah might have to go there like carmen san diego route or just point and click adventure or something i know i like i like the primer idea it's kind of like braid you know how like in braid you can go back little bits so yeah. it's kind of like there's a detriment like there's a real cost to you doing that so like you know the, yeah, the primer yeah, exactly. game could be like wh whatever you're doing like if you have to go back and regret like and change it there's a huge cost and huge punishment for you and like and that's the mechanics so you work really really carefully to not have to do that like. yeah oh, i do i really like that actually because that is taking that theme and then and because that would be different to pretty much every time travel game we've got where it's just you've got infinite time backwards, infinite time backwards, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> infinite backwards time fuel. But yeah, let's say you've got, it's like a rogue, you could have like a roguelike with uh, a finite amount of time rewinds mm. and then try to go as far as you can through the game. Yeah, and then you've got to live with yeah. their consequences. Well, you've got to live with them because you can't go back because, you know, it would take you the rest of your night oh. or whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Man. How about you, Alex? Oh, jeepers. Uh, I'm not good with movies. I don't have the attention span for movies. <laughs> I was talking to one of my mates about this yesterday. I Like, I need supervision when I'm watching a movie because um, I will just <laughs> go on my phone or, like, I will I will pay twenty bucks to fall asleep in a cinema. Like yeah. I am really <laughs> bad with movies. Um, right. well, what, come what's back to what's me. a movie TV that you wish maybe? you could watch? But yeah, TV yeah, yeah TV show. Yeah, that's a good idea. Oh shivers! 
Um, come back to me. Yeah. <laughs> Costa, Costa, have you? Yeah, I would. I would say um, Stargate, like the, oh, the, the movie, yeah. the TV show. There's. I know. There's always. There's been heaps of attempts to try and make games for the Stargate franchise. It, it must be a curse. Every single one seems to get cancelled. Um, but I always thought there was an attempt to make like an MMO in that um, universe. And I think that just that game would just be so well suited to an MMO or just a huge mm. like like amount of players online yeah. who just do things on different um, planets. Because obviously Stargate, you got, you know, a ring that connects a planet to another planet. Um, I just think there's so much there that could be done with like having that and, and having like a huge experience with, you know, thousands of players. Yeah. Um, Kind of like, kind of like Old Republic, almost like you know, in that mm. way where you got planets, you got the MMO sort of stuff, and you can always travel to the different planets and experience different kinds of players. And there's all these different, like, because yeah. Stargate, there's all these different like people and all these different backgrounds, and like you could have all these kind of like all these different narrative arcs. Like you never get bored; you just play someone else. Yeah. Like there's so much you could do with it. Mm, yeah, it's just. I think that would work well as like a procedurally generated narrative Ooh, game, yeah. kind of yeah. like Dwarf Fortress or something, where it's hundred like- <laughs> percent. Yeah, I think that's you know yeah you can. There's so much to do in that type of with that type of concept. Um, yeah, procedurally generated is definitely the way to go. You could have like infinite amount of well not infinite but a huge amount of um, worlds all connected together and different kinds of people playing on all the different worlds. Anytime I think procedurally generated space, I think of that no video. Sky. Yeah, from No Man's <laughs> Sky of, you know, where they're talking it up in the announcement trailer or something. And there's just this like weird looking. That dinosaur. <laughs> this weird looking alien. Yeah. And it's playing that like harmonica Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> it just is it all over. Man, see, that's what Spore was. Spore yeah. was that, except an entire game about it. Man, I love that game. I, have you guys played Spore? Nah. I've watched a ton of videos of like yeah. people making like, aliens from Halo winner. It's one of those games that's like such a cool idea, but and it was it, so in Spore, you've got five stages, right? You start off as like the cell stage, and then your cell evolves into just a land thing. So like, have just you walk around on land. And then after that, you go to like tribal stage and you've got this small tribal, uh, this small tribe and it starts becoming a bit more like Age of Empires. Um, and then it goes to like civilization and you can finally have like uh, flying ships and like nuclear warheads and, or like <laughs> buildings like that. And then you go to the space stage and you get a spaceship and you get to go around to all these other planets and kind of explore them. And, um, and then like later on, they release an update where you could beam down to the planet and walk around and it was kind of it's like a great idea but no matter where you went you ended up looking at one of those weird dinosaur things <laughs> you're talking about <laughs> oh my god maybe yeah. that's I, just yeah, yeah I, we're I, all I, destined to just end up as those weird dinosaur things like <laughs> weird dinosaur. yeah well maybe yeah. that's what maybe we're the weird species. dinosaur things there you go <laughs> yeah <laughs> what do you think i mean sure who are we to judge every other species in the universe <laughs> this is true the monkeys are going look at how they hold spoons 
<laughs> opening bananas from the wrong end. <laughs> Implying that like an alien species has better spoons than us. <laughs> I guess we are kind of procedurally generated, eh? Like... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, Whoa! Oh, damn, here we go. Where, where do we get the news article about the whole universe being a simulation? <laughs> I'd say yeah, we're yeah, I like that. We're procedurally generated, except the game's figured out that it's procedurally generated, and they've decided certain things. Like, no, we're fine as we are now. We don't want to. It's like certain things that we just won't evolve anymore because we don't need to. I like that. I, I've been racking my, my brain. I can't think of um, anything. Um, but all right. what an awesome... Ha- huh? I was going to say, all right, well, you, you talk. If, if you can't pick one, I'm going to do one of these pick a movie for me generators. <laughs> you do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good idea. I was going to say it's a good um, chance to get the audience to yeah, help Alex out. Sure. Come up with one for me. <laughs> Not just for me. Come up with one for you. Okay, guys. Guys, the first thing that came up was Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's pretty much just Kirby, right? <laughs> Kirby. <laughs> Kirby just goes around Hannibal. eating everything. Are, Hannibal are you the, Simulator. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Are, are, are you... Um, what's, what's the guy's name in Silence of the Lambs? I can't remember. Are you him Hannibal. or are you the, the one that's well, spent 12 hours know, Alex, in we, We've given you the movie. You've got to come up with the game here. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, what about a game, Alex, sounds... where you're like you're BB8 and you're rolling, but like it's Katamari, so you... <laughs> but you're picking Wait, up all the bad the characters in Star Wars. <laughs> so like you, you know, you roll around, you roll up to someone, and then you decide if you like them or not, and then you you, know, you roll. Them <laughs> That's up, all like, you do. You know, if they're like you know, I don't know who who sucks. But, you know, if like everyone's gonna roll Jar Jar, but then like then you get to choose. Then you're like you know, do I like? <laughs> Do I like Ray? Yeah, yeah, she can live. And you go round her and then, you know, do I like Django? Nah, roll, roll him up. And then it plays like, you know, it plays you Star Wars, but it edits out the characters you don't like that you rolled. <laughs> That's a cool concept. <laughs> that is right. definitely not right, my I, Star Wars. <laughs> I got an idea for you, Alex. All right. How about this? It's it's the world is Silence of the Lambs, but but you play as a background character, like let's say a background cop who goes home and then they have to move house, and then the game's just unpacking. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you're a background character, you're at a pharmacy. What do you mean you're out of lotion? I've gone to three other stores. <laughs> it's it's really messed up. I don't like it's this. Actually, that, would be, that would be good. That would be good because it ties it back into the actual movie. <laughs> and then it's like cooking mama. It's unpacking like and you're you just, cooking you just, humans. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh my god! And and it's just, and it's just the it's just the it's just like the rest of the movie playing out like behind like you know in the window like in the background <laughs> like you just see occasional yeah. news reports yeah. about this victim but there's absolutely no the game ends before the end of the movie yeah. and there's just no real resolution to oh my god crime. Alex doesn't get to unpack his and then the end of the game is like you looking in the mirror and like you're the victim from the next movie. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, dude. Twist. Like, oh, that's oh, like twist. um. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna spoil. No, not is it Grant? No, it don't Grindhouse? do it. Hostel. I know what game you're talking. Hostel. No, oh. the movie Hostel. Oh yeah. Well, okay. Oh, with the second one. Mm. You know, I'm. I'm not saying I would pick Hostel. I'm not picking Hostel. Um, Good. Uh, I still haven't recovered from that movie ten years yeah, later. But same. the idea that the second person is yeah, um yeah pick pick one more movie for me, John. <laughs> I'm going to get nervous. Well, 
Uh, okay, well, this is the second movie that comes up. I've never seen it, but it's called I Am Not an Easy Man. Overview. I mean, this um, sounds like my biography. D- d- Damien, <laughs> da- <laughs> Damien is okay. Damien wakes up in a world where women and men have their roles reversed in society, and everything. Let me just expand, and it, and everything is dominated by women. Oh. Sounds sweet. <laughs> <I'm in>. uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, Susanna can have this one. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, this sounds like a great game for that meta VR thing. This is like a game yeah. where, like, you know, I'd get addicted and I just like live in this world, and like people would be like, "Come out, Susanna, you have to eat food," and I'm like, "No, <laughs> don't make me leave." <laughs> oh, all right, we got one more movie for you here, <laughs> Alex. Uh, this one's called Boundin. 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 Like I'm bound in ba- something. It's like bounding, but without oh, bounding. the G. Bounding. It's an apostrophe. It's a animated, like Pixar looking thing. Uh, let's see. On a high mountain plain lives a lamb with wool of such remarkable sheen that he breaks into high step and dance. Oh, that's like your hair. <laughs> oh, but. The- <laughs> But there comes a day, there comes a day when he loses his lustrous coat, and along with it, his pride. Alex he takes ordered. a wise jackalope, a horn-adorned rabbit, to teach the moping land that woolly or not, it's what's inside that will help him rebound from life's troubles. Alex, is your autobiography? Well, I hope not, because it sounds like the sheep's going bold. <laughs> sounds like uh, me in twenty years. Alex is writing okay. a lawsuit right now for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. All right, you've got, got three movies to choose from, Alex. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go with the lamb one, um, but it's going to be a, a so, Silence of the Lambs or the <laughs> <laughs> Dancing Lamb? No, no, the, the Dancing Lamb one, Dancing Lamb one. Um, and it's a pinball machine. <laughs> that's it. Oh, it's a, it's that's a dog. <laughs> yeah, right. that would work so well because he, he bounces. Yeah, yeah he bounces. Oh, and that's it. You have to go on a journey, you know, um, every time you fall, whatever you call the pit where the bowl goes, that's the self-doubt of like, no one will ever love me because of my lost wool. And what are, um, the, what, what are these? Uh, Those, that's, you know, the, the that's the jackalope's horns being like, no. The, the paddles. You the paddles, have yeah. yeah, yeah, the paddles. It's pushing you back into the game. You've each, got time, okay. each time you, you flip it, it gives path. you an affirmation, right? Like. Yeah. Oh, that would be so good. You know how, like, in pinball, you have to, like, get into certain areas of the board and different parts light up and they're like, okay, you collected this thing, you collect, you collect different affirmations. <laughs> can, like, can they be, like, real, like, sad affirmations? Just like, oh, yeah. Yeah, you, ni- uh, nice try, buddy. <laughs> uh, like, <laughs> I mean, keep at it. Eventually, you'll get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's when you get an extra life. Like when when the ball goes through, and then when it's game over, it's just like you know what? I've tried everything. <laughs> Go outside I love for this because it's like the genre of this game is pinball machine slash psychological thriller. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey, the pinball market has cleaned up, and also I'm thinking, I'm thinking about the cash. Like those machines are expensive. <laughs> Wait, is this a real life pinball machine or is this a virtual pinball machine? I mean, this is it's like, going to be more accessible, I guess, if it's virtual. I want it to be the real thing. Yeah, I think it's going to be physical, right? Pizza. It's going to have yeah. that tactile. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And everyone in the arcade needs leaving. to hear your affirmations. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that guy's I want trying. Leaving that. <laughs> <laughs> I want people leaving that pizza place you mentioned, John, just with red eyes, just with a different perspective. They go home, they don't even eat the whole pizza. They're not hungry anymore. <laughs> they have a different outlook on everything. 
<laughs> they just forgot their pizza. This is life-changing. Go straight home. <laughs> Hopefully for a good reason. Yeah. But let's hear from uh, let's hear from people um, out there. And uh, if we get a couple answers, maybe we'll talk about them in the next one. Yeah. But um, yeah. what Tweet show, game, movie, uh, TV series, book would you turn into a game? And what medium? Like yeah, pinball mechanics. machines. And mechanics. Mm. Yeah. All right. I think we, uh, we're rounding that off. It's come to a nice close. This is where the music fades in that John's <laughs> made. Um, How does it go again? I can't even remember. <laughs> Sync that up, Costa. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, thanks, Costa. I'd like to thank our sponsors, uh, Windows. Starting Locks. from now. <laughs> now. Um, yeah, thanks for joining us, everyone. And um, we'll be back next week with an interview and a week later with uh, another coffee. Tea. Yeah, none of us actually drank coffee, and the, the show is called Cafe. You can get other stuff in a cafe, I suppose. I, mean, I was going to say cafes do serve tea, right? <laughs> well, then shouldn't. It's Italian for coffee. You all bastardized our thing and you've ruined it. <laughs> all right. Well, like, next episode in this cafe, we'll have uh, Alex's jackalope pinball machine <laughs> playing in the background. <laughs> we got to build this now. I'm actually- oh, yeah, yeah, we do. All right. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Amazing. Awesome. See you guys. Have a good one. Cafe Bullions is hosted in Adelaide, South Australia. If you know of anything happening or would like to reach out to us or have a chat, you can find us on Twitter at LiveBullions or by emailing us at hello at LiveBullions.com. <laughs>